Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Imagine this. You're making your very first ever draft pick for your very first fantasy football team. You're a little nervous because not only have you never played fantasy football before, you really haven't ever paid attention to the football game in general. What do you do? No worries, because guess who's on the board to save the day? Oh yeah, I'll take Christian McCaffrey. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This stems just up off the DeLorean? The date is August 12th, 2023. Yeah, it's only like three months ago. We're in Canton, Ohio, baby. We're here for draft night out at the Brew Kettle. Just a stone's throw away from the stadium. And the hall down the steps. We're here to participate in what they call... Draft Night Out at the Fantasy Football Expo. It was my first live draft in probably seven or eight years or something like that. I mean, I love drafting live in person. And if you haven't done it, as we've talked about on this show numerous times, well, we really think you should give it a go. But the reason why it's important for this week's episode is because this week's guest helped put on the show. Ariel, better known as Trash Sandwiches on the interwebs, works with In Between Media, the hosts of Draft Night Out. It's an experience that I highly recommend you try out next year, as well as going to the Fantasy Football Expo and the whole weekend that surrounds it. It's always the weekend after the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton, so you might as well go to the enshrinement, hang out for the week, then go to the Fantasy Football Expo. Talk about heaven on earth. But speaking of the actual draft, well, I mean, the league, I'm in the Charles Woodson League, and I am currently 10th out of 12th places, so didn't do too hot, even beyond the drafting, and maybe the didn't do enough waiver wire wonders or trades or any of that type of stuff, so I might need to work on my skills there. But enough of my failures, let's get into talking with this week's guest, better known as Trash Sandwiches. One of the first things that I always do gotta ask Beyond, of course, the fantasy football thing is, where do your NFL loyalties lie if you have them? Um, If I had to choose, it would be the Bills. 
Um, I will be honest, it's a little bit of a bandwagon fan thing, but geographically, I do feel like it makes the most sense. So I think I get like a little bit of a justification on those grounds. Um, and also what a fun bandwagon to jump on. Um, I'm from New England and I, it feels like a slap in the face to call the Patriots New England's team. <laughs> so that was never going to be it. Um, and yeah, I'm from Vermont, so might as well go over to New York and, you know, like a, I'm an upstate girl. I'm not a city girl. Yeah, that makes sense too. Then it's, yeah, definitely not going to be like the page or I mean the, even the jets or the giants or anything. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you have family members that grew up watching football or did you jump into like, how did you get into it? I guess. Yeah. I didn't really have family members who watched football. I now can convince my dad to watch some football, but he is the only one in my family and it takes a little convincing sometimes, but I got into it from fantasy football. I had a uh, college friends who asked me to join a, league with them i'd never done it before figured i'll give it a try um and then just absolutely snowballed from there <laughs> oh that's pretty cool so that, that really tied into the next question i always ask of how did you learn about fantasy football or first memory you're kind of the demographic of which i think the nfl really needs to i mean they have leaned into fantasy football but i think there's so many people that have come on to being a fan of the nfl because of fantasy football, just like because of Madden, just like because of some of these other, well, who knows this, the Swifty thing, but like all these different types of avenues beyond football have come into NFL as opposed to the other way around to help grow it. Um, so you said college. Uh, let's see here. Then let's, let's get back to the question of fantasy football. How, okay. Here's here's what I want to ask. Your first, your first team then, like, who, do you remember who your first draft pick was or was it even a draft? I do remember it was a draft. I had the number one overall pick. I picked Christian McCaffrey. Um, that was an easy choice. I got second. And after that, I was like, okay, if I got second, my first year, totally rookie luck. We're going to try it again. Um, had a couple of years after that where, you know, I didn't do super well. Then it converted from a redraft league to a dynasty league. And that was when I really started learning my first year of dynasty was a big learning curve and that team tanked <laughs> um, but the good news was i won the next year so the tank worked out um and in that switch to dynasty was where i found fantasy football twitter and podcasts and like the whole community really blew my world open and that kind of transformed me from maybe i'll watch a couple games here and there mostly like thursday night football on amazon prime because i didn't have eight million subscriptions then to now I have all of the subscriptions, so I can spend all day Sunday watching football. <laughs> Man, that's a quick turnaround, too, from being someone that didn't really ever follow it or had no inkling to now you're basically watching everything. That's a, I mean, if you're talking Chris McCaffrey as like your number one pick and that's when you became a fan, like that's not that long ago. Yeah, um, I think it was, I think this is my sixth year playing fantasy football and like two or three years really into fantasy football. Man, and so, then, yeah, newer fan. But like you were saying, I do think my demographic, and I am also a Swifty, as you know, um, I do think these newer demographics is what the NFL needs to grow because, you know, otherwise, if you don't have a parent who watches football with you, like I didn't, and I know so many people got into football that way, I never had that. So without that, you know, I wouldn't have become exposed to football without fantasy football. I never would have started watching it beyond like a Super Bowl party and i would mostly just be there for the snacks if we're being honest <laughs> yeah that or the commercials or anything and, snacks. yep I, yeah. I think that uh 
that it, and we, 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 we think the other way around sometimes of like the, we'll, we'll call it the curmudgeons, I don't, whatever term you want to say, like the, the old school football guys when fantasy football is there, like, oh, fantasy football is a joke and it's something that you shouldn't even, you know, consider and it just ruins the game, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's all a team sport. And I think I'm kind of in the middle of that because I, I am like a hardcore like fan of the game, but then in, in then the history of the game, but then also fantasy football is like the thing that I, tend to i mean that's why i started this show i mean as a, so it's like one of those things where like i'm melded in between both and i understand both sides of the fence i guess you could say um but i guess that leads us into fantasy football no no let's not get into the convention yet let's did you do did i show you the delorean yet no not the physical okay, DeLorean. So, yeah you get to actually ride the delorean you're gonna go back in nice. time we're gonna do some um, stuff i mean oh yeah happy belated back to the future day that was just like a week it was or a so couple days ago yeah the 21st yeah <laughs> i'm due for a rewatch yeah you know they put them in the theaters and i really kicking myself for recently not going to see it but um you know the next time that they do we'll have to have to go see it again of course the the yeah whatever it's going to be a little blurry probably it's not going to be the greatest effects but it is a movie that stands the test of time because even though the the, maybe the some of the effects are kind of cheesy it's just but it adds to the character of it i mean i don't think you expect those kinds of movies to have the most high budget effects even then so yeah i think it's kind of one of those deals too the story and the just mm-hmm. the concept of what type of a movie it was was just so, I don't say groundbreaking maybe is the wrong, wrong word, but it was just so different and unique. And it's it really yeah. shaped my f- fandom, I guess you could say, for that genre because I really got into history. I got back, you know, I'm interested in like what used to happen back in the day. Obviously, the other podcast that you found out, the football history dude, I mean, <laughs> that was part of it. And that's why my, <laughs> my logo is with the DeLorean and everything. Yeah, and I think like that's such a fun way. I should really know more of my football history because I love history in general, and it's totally something that I um, should know more of for the NFL. But that was why I was so excited to find your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and I get a shameless plug to the Sports History Network. And if you do want to learn about any sports history, you go to sportshistorynetwork.com. We've got everything over there, mostly football because it was, um, you know, from my show. But we got other sports as well. And I think it's cool, too, the crossover of how – the different maybe approach to the game and just like the, the societal things that were going on during, let's say, World War II and how it affected football and how mm-hmm. people would also at the same time with baseball and football use that as an avenue to or an outlet to maybe not think about the war going on over there and that kind of thing. And that happens now with different kind of, you know, right. places, and it can happen on the bad side too where it can be very detrimental and, you know, like clashes and stuff. But I think in general, if you're looking at it, it's – coming together it's the teamwork it's the camaraderie and all that type of stuff so well, that's, any type of history is so any type of culture is so shaped by the history around it so yeah you think of like the history of sports being shaped by the war um i mean a uh, league of their own that in and of itself is a perfect example of how the history the real life context um changed the the course of history for sports in a very cool way so oh definitely i mean that and then some of the other um instances across that we don't even hear about as far as and even on my other show i had like we are the troopers was one of them um trying to think of some of the other stuff that the the name of the the books um i'm sorry i can't remember all the names of the books we are troopers is one of them that talked about like the women's professional team that the troopers who actually are the greatest professional football team in history they have the most victories in a row they have the most championships and i forgot the lady's name i cannot remember but like she'd basically be considered the greatest running back of all time as far as like dominance and uh, man i wish i would i could remember her name on our interview right now but anyway yeah so stuff that like people 
But on the flip side, people don't don't really know about that because they haven't either taken the time to learn about it or haven't been introduced because it's not mainstream or mm-hmm. just. I mean, of course, the this, the NFL is only only as old as when the Super Bowl started, right? You know, it's it's yeah. not like fifty years before then, like nineteen twenty, like it originally started. So that's what most right. people don't understand that history back then. And this is not they meant didn't. to be a history show, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ahead, you're sorry, and I cut you off. No, I was just going to say, but even um, like if you asked me the m- team with the most wins in football history, I would have said they can't Bulldogs, right? Like that's the that's the answer that we all know, isn't it? <laughs> um, I never would have known about this team of women. So truly a whole other world and yeah, the future I, I, of the game, maybe. I think so. And I've seen this recently, how they um, are going to put the pro, uh, pro football. They're going to have the flag football in the Olympics yeah. and – Los that Angeles could be another opportunity. Maybe exactly. a demographic joins and then they want to start listening or being interested in football from there. You know, who knows? And I wonder if now we're going to turn into like flag football leagues and tournaments you would only imagine. And then from there, we could have fantasy, fo- fantasy flag football too. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> How many more leagues can I join? Um, no, but I think absolutely it's so interesting to see where the sport is going. And I'm really curious to um, watch this flag football world flag football at the Olympics. It's amazing. I'm also curious to see like, okay, when basketball happened, you had the NBA dream team. They decided to put a bunch of, you know, professional athletes together. Are they going to do the same for flag football or they probably could get away with not at that point? I swear it was a, some kind of soundbite from some NFL player recently saying that they wanted to play in the flag football (laughs) at the Olympics. I wish I could remember. I think I just saw it on Twitter, like within the last day or two. Um, so I am really curious. Maybe it will be all of our favorites absolutely dominating. <laughs> or yeah, maybe I mean, how, they will get how much would the, they, it could, they could get destroyed, but like who could out there in the real world, a guy like, say, just Tariq Hill with that speed and because that's that's flag football. That's more about speed than anything else. And now that you say Tyreek Hill, I think it was Tyreek Hill who said he was going to play. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Just just think about yeah. a guy like him or whoever, him and Patrick Mahomes, who maybe aren't on the same team now, but those two playing mm-hmm. in a flag football, that yep. there's no other – it's not like there's a competitive league out there that's even comparable. It's just those are the top of the crop kind of thing in yeah. the world. Exactly. But we'll see. We have uh, five years to put together the dream team. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move back into fantasy football then and dream team because that's really what it is. It's like dreaming about, you know, we're playing a game about a game. Uh, before we get into working with in, in between media, use that DeLorean, go back in time. What was the you short period of fantasy football career, you know, by comparison to some other guests? What's a mulligan moment or like a trade you made or a draft pick you made where you wish you could go back and change it? <laughs> Um, I made the dumbest trade. This was like two off seasons ago. I think it was the year after. Yeah, after year one of that dynasty league, I do believe. Um, and going into year two, and I made a trade because I was bored, and they all caution against it. And I traded uh, Rashad Higgins for Hunter Renfro, and that was the year that he had like just outstanding performance in Vegas. And I kicked myself every single week. Um, as Rashad Higgins did nothing and was dropped like two weeks into the season, maybe. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. See, at first I thought you meant you gave away Higgins for Renfro. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good trade. But no, you meant the other way around. No, I did. I gave away Higgins for Renfro. Yeah. No, no, no. no. You oh, got... yeah. It, okay. The language of trades, I don't, my brain link does not work in that way. I, 
Yeah. Oof. I acquired Higgins. He got Renfro. I regretted it big time. <laughs> I mean, it was really only like a one-year run, though, even, exactly. you know, from a dynasty perspective. At least both of them right now are just basically throwaways, even though Renfro... I mean, Higgins, I don't even know if he's in the league, but at least well, Renfro's... Well, that was the logic of this trade was like, we're bored, we'll make a trade, it doesn't matter, neither of them matter, and then <laughs> Renfro turned out to matter. Yeah, um, that was a yeah. pretty good year. That did he? I wonder if he made the Pro Bowl or as an alternate. I can't remember, but he had a ton of catches and yards that year. Yeah, I feel like he did because he. It was certainly like some kind of career high, and I think some other, some other maybe records, maybe not big records, but anyways. <laughs> of course, nowadays the way that the Pro Bowl works is, I just don't like it when they have it in between, and then the championship guys can't do it. It's like you, you're yeah. down to like your six alternate, and then what? Who was the guy from the Ravens? The quarter Huntley makes the Pro oh, Bowl, yeah. you know, playing like four games or whatever it is. And he was, there's no way he should have made a Pro Bowl. You know, now he's got a Pro Bowl next to his name. And I'm not huge into, you know, accolades and stuff, but still, like, it, it just does, it just, it the waters down is, the meaning. Yeah. 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 It's become meaningless, unfortunately, because of the structure, the timing, everything. Like, truly, you could just move it to a different time of the season, not have it conflict with that weird window. Because I know it's like, oh, well, we just want football in the time where we don't have football. Sure, but like we can survive the extra week without football if you give us an actual good Pro Bowl. But- yeah, that or if they would work it out, and this is too much time to go, so it doesn't make sense. But if they would have worked it out with college, where that's when you have your bowl bowl weeks are that week, like you know during in between the Super Bowl, maybe even start the NFL season earlier so it ends around about the same. Whatever they do, like that would be a way to yeah. kind of get around it. It's hmm. an interesting idea. Yeah, well, I never thought about it until you just proposed that. So now we have an idea to suggest to <laughs> all the big wigs that make okay, a lot of money. Okay, NFL, college football, <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we gotta gotta hit us up with it. Um, okay, now that we're done with the fantasy football side of playing, I mean, let's the real reason why I brought you on the show. Of course, we met each other at Fantasy Football Expo. Um, let's go back though to the the pinnacle moment, or not pinnacle, but the napkin moment of when you're. You know, decided, okay, I kind of, I, I like this fantasy football thing after starting college and I want to kind of get into it somehow and contributing until what we just met at the Fantasy Football Expo, that timeline. Yeah, so that, I have said it before and I will say it again, it's 100% Seth, the reason that I'm here today. Um, he kind of just reached out to me. It was one of those tag a content creator, a site that you like. I tagged in between media. He reached out to me, said, have you ever thought about writing? I said, no. Let's talk this off season. So we did, and um, I started doing some writing, some video content. Now I am mostly doing behind the scenes stuff with editing, graphics. Um, occasionally, I'll like pinch hit, write an article or whatever. I should do a little bit more writing and video content these days. But um, it was really neat to have him give me that opportunity, and you know, go through a year like writing and really making content very intentionally and just finding my way with that. Um, I did discover after that year that I think I like the behind the scenes stuff a little more. I think this is uh, where I feel more comfortable and where I enjoy it a little bit more. Um, Not having that pressure of like both on top of, you know, my leagues and how well they're doing, but what kind of advice am I giving and just all of those other things. Cause you know, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it well. So, um, I'd rather be on the back end where I think I can do editing pretty well or what have you. <laughs> At least I hope so. Well, that's pretty cool too, because like it's just like a team will just go, you know, I like to use analogies and everything. Sure, the uh, uh, this past Sunday, Lamar Jackson 
hosted my Detroit Lions, but if they didn't have that offensive line blocking the way that they did, he wouldn't have been able to do that. So yeah, and they didn't get any credit. Like nobody, I don't even, I don't, I don't even recall any of their names. You know, at this point, and it's just uh, something that. On the flip side, I will give the Lions credit because they do give the offensive linemen a lot of credit for their success, and that's the yes. true thing. But um, no, not, let's just wipe this part from the whole pot, edit, edit it out. I don't want to talk about the Lions this past week against the Ravens anymore. <laughs> uh, what? About, okay, so being in the back end, the uh, you know, you kind of talked about editing. You talked about maybe some other stuff. Like what? What's your day to day look like, or your, for, through your week? Like what does that maybe look like for someone that might be like, hey, I want to get into fantasy football, but I don't know, or I don't want. I'm I'm not the Matthew Barry. I can't be on TV. I can't like I don't want to be the one that puts my voice out there totally um I edit for in between media and then I also edit for fantasy pros betting pros so across the week most mornings in some capacity I'm working on fantasy football um I kind of worked my schedule around it it's a nice like drink coffee do my editing do whatever other work I have um a nice leisurely way to start the day and then you know, I have like day jobs and other responsibilities after that. Although obviously, you know, some of that is kind of my day job too, but um, other non-fantasy football related day jobs, I suppose. And um, I found that it's a nice balance of doing work that I enjoy as well as work that I don't have to think about after work because, um, you know, I've had those jobs before where you're stressing about things outside of work all the time. And, you know, it's kind of nice to say, well, I published that article, so it's done, (laughs) you know, unless there's like a big typo or something that comes out of it, you know, you, you finish it and, um, that's that. And it kind of gives you the satisfaction, but really I love getting to read all of the articles. Like it's pretty cool that I get paid to read fantasy football articles essentially. And granted, I'm reading them a little closer than, maybe most people and doing a little bit more stat checking than your average reader, (laughs) definitely more formatting than any other reader, but um, it's just really neat. And, you know, I've added everything from like some really big names in fantasy football to not so big names. And I learn something every single time, some kind of stat I, um, you know, get a sense about where a team is heading or a move to make. And I'm, um, constantly like making notes as I edit about <laughs> waiver wire pickups and <laughs> other things. Yeah, that's awesome. I was thinking the same. I was like, oh, you're like in the weeds and you're, li- you're, you're hearing from the experts before the experts send their stuff out. Um, I really didn't even con, I don't know why this didn't cross my mind. When you said editing, I'm thinking be probably because of podcaster, I'm thinking you're editing audio only or video. Uh, you're talking about the copywriting on top yep. of it. Do you, yeah. do you ever the like audio or video editing too then? Um, I don't do a ton of that. If I am doing any kind of video stuff, it is for the Pulp Fantasy series um, that I do with Scott over at In Between Media. But um, I do some graphics for video stuff, but I don't do any other kind of video production. Um, All of my editing is written, which, yeah, (laughs) it's a different kind of editing. (laughs) Right. So do you have a background then? And is that what you went into school for or...? Not really. Uh, I went to school and got a very nice, broad liberal arts degree, which <laughs> does not matter in the least. Um, it's just to say that I got some really good humanities classes in there and <laughs> um, learned to edit kind of that way. And then also in some of my other jobs that I had after college where, you know, that was just part of part of my work. I worked for nonprofits for a few years. And so um, you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I would imagine, especially in a nonprofit like that. Uh, so the the listener of the show is like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." I've always been now that gives me an idea on how I could maybe get into the industry in a way, and then perhaps they turn into like a different type of gig down the road. Um, let's give them almost as like a freelancer. It kind of sounds like give them an advice, like the person that's listening that really wants to try that path that you went on. What would they do? Yeah, um, I mean, for one, find sites that are. <laughs> looking to hire that's kind of the obvious one but um i will say you know in this industry it's who you know so a lot of times i'll get referred to places from people that i know which is really good um get your foot in the door just like editing things even if it's not paid because then you know you have some references and uh with anything paid unpaid whatever it is the big thing is um like figure out schedules that work for you, make sure that things kind of work on your terms. Um, and that's true of really anything, but the biggest source of burnout, at least in my personal experience is always when, you know, I, I kind of just have a schedule that doesn't work for my lifestyle. Like I am not a work at 10 PM kind of person. <laughs> I am a work at 9 AM kind of person. And so being able to have a job that allows me to work at 9 a.m. But that being said, there are plenty of people who love working at 10 p.m. And there are plenty of sites where, you know, those are hours that are needed. So um, I guess that's just to say, like, know your know yourself and your schedule and your worth. And um, if you want to do it, you should make sure that things work for you. But that's true of really any role in this space, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, just even for, you know, life in general, like you said, uh we, we kind of glazed over this. I want to get back to it before I forget. You mentioned Seth and, you know, you roll at In Between Media, but can we describe for the listener of the show a little bit about what In Between Media yeah. is and how they could find it? So In Between Media, um, you can find it uh, online at, I believe it's inbetweenmedia.com. And um, you can also find us on Twitter and YouTube and all of those other good places. It is, um, I believe the tagline is like a, feel good um feel good place for lifestyle fantasy really everything um i'm sure i botched that tagline seth don't fire me uh, <laughs> but that's kind of the gist of it is we do uh fantasy football we also do golf and racing and some other stuff we also do lifestyle stuff like there's uh movie reviews and music playlists and just a really wide variety of stuff like financial advice even. So lots of different things happening and it's all like just a really feel good way to present it, um, both written content as well as um, video podcasts. And, you know, obviously you can listen to the podcast in audio form as well. So lots of stuff happening and really great crew. That's something I wanted to, yeah, if you didn't bring it up, I wanted to make that comment about how I will, this is going to be right from the, oh wait, I just lost it. it, was it was right here, right from the website, feel good lifestyle and fantasy sports advice, but that's what I noticed was like, it wasn't just like fantasy football, there was other, like <laughs> you said, like life su suggestions and everything on here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other sports, I'll give the golf guys a shout out because <laughs> the golf guys are on a big hot streak and they are winning me money and they can win you money too. Um, but yeah, it's a really neat family and super supportive group of people that, uh, we just have a lot of fun together. We, um, we're out at the expo this year, as you know, cause that's, you know, where I met you. And as you also know, we were hosting draft night out there. So if you happen to be at draft night out, that was us. Hope you had a good time. <laughs> 
perfect transition into one of the questions I wanted to ask you about. Let's talk about draft night out. Maybe yep. from what you understand was the genesis of it, and then what it took to put on such an event because it was it was a pretty big event, bigger than I expected when I went into it. Same. <laughs> But yeah, Draft Night Out is something that has been around for a number of years. It happens at the Fantasy Football Expo, and there's also been some Draft Night Out events at other things. But In Between Media took over uh, and bought Draft Night Out from um, the gentleman who had been running it before. He just wanted to, you know, step away for family reasons. Totally get it. So we took over like two months before the expo, hit the ground running, um, which of course meant making sure that we had a location and getting people signed up to draft and making sure that we had all the materials for draft and all those other things. So it came together really quickly, um, which was a little bit of a flurry, but it was so cool. Uh, You know, Seth came to the team a little bit before that and said, hey, I have this opportunity on the table for us to buy this event, but I'm not doing it without your support. And every single one of us went, Seth, go buy it now. (laughs) This is a slam dunk. Um, We had just so much fun. You know, it was the first year with us running this in a new space and all those things. So there's little bugs like um, that's always going to happen with events. I've worked enough events, but it was just really neat to see how many people came out and supported it. And the feedback was really great from people. Like it seemed like everybody had so much fun. Um, and I've had a lot of fun hearing about how things are going in the different leagues from behind the scenes with the commissioners and everybody else in there. So yeah, it's a neat time. Yeah. It's something that I would recommend anybody that goes to the fantasy football expo. You got to do the draft night out. I had a lot of fun. It was the coolest part for me was because I hadn't, been able to be participating in a live in-person draft in a very long time. My home league used to always be in person. And then I moved away. We did it for a couple years when I was gone. And then like, it's been, I want to say a good seven or eight years since I've been able to do a live draft. It was just super fun. And it was people you didn't know, but the way that you set it up and then also being on sleeper Mm -hmm. at first it was confusing because like everyone's like, Oh, we got to go on sleeper. What do you mean? And then, but then like you said, you know, you have a little bit of, and then from there we moved on and I was like, Oh, this is neat because not only are you able to do the live thing, you're also able to track it and not afterwards have to try to spill it all into a, cause that's happened to me before. Lose the board, lose the um, stuff and oopsie. And hopefully everybody, somebody wrote all the names down kind of thing. But um, yeah. uh, What about, you said kind of like there might be some, there are some other places across the nation. Like, do you have, do you foresee or have you even discussed possibly of like expanding it? Um, We have had very, like, very, very unserious conversations, like behind the scenes of, wouldn't it be cool to do this in other places? Um, And I think the answer is yes, that would be really cool. And it would take a lot of, you know, infrastructure to figure out what that looks like. But hey, if someone out there in listener land wants to have us host a draft night out, you know, <laughs> we'll talk and see what we can do, I guess. But That was something that I was going to ask, like maybe yeah. down the road, it's almost like a proxy event, you know, provided mm-hmm. with all the whatever, like here's your kit. And I don't know if I told exactly. you or if I told Seth when I was at the, but I, that's something I thought about. Like I have a notebook, I had to find it from probably 15 years ago. Like that was an idea I had. I was like, I could be a host, just like the person. I could go to a restaurant. They could, I could meet them. They have twelve people, and I do their draft for them and that kind of stuff. And then I go from place yep. to place. But what about okay? Um, well, here's an example. Here's an idea that just came to me: the NFL draft. You could have a dynasty night draft, draft night out, dynasty startup league draft night out at every NFL draft. <laughs> uh, 
There are some on our team who are really pushing for us to go to the NFL draft, so don't let them hear you suggest that or it's all over. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can just share this episode with them or not. It's your call. (laughs) Yeah, I will, but you know, (laughs) I might say cover your ears in that part. No. Yeah, don't listen Um, to that part. I think that would be so fun. It's, you know, right now, I think just trying to figure out um, capacity, make sure that whatever we're trying to put out there is something that we can sustain and at least for right now, like the really wonderful thing about Draft Night Out as it exists is it is at the expo. And I hate to say we have a captive audience, but it's kind of a captive audience. Like people are there, they want to draft. I've never done a live draft personally. It looks like so much fun. I would have loved to do that. And, you know, it's other people who know fantasy football, who care, who want to be there. You're not getting stuck with like somebody's friend of a friend filling in for a league who has no idea what's happening and is just going to like cause chaos and headaches. <laughs> Right. No, that's a perfect, like you, you put it on the head there. A lot, most of our home leagues have half and half. When you're lucky, half of the, the people that are super hardcore to the end and, you know, then having a draft at an expo where people paid a money to not just go, but to travel and food, like they're paying money to go just for fantasy football. So they were all, you know, they were in it to win it kind of thing, which yeah. by the way, I am not, I was just looking at, I'm winning this week. I'm in the Charles Woodson league, but, uh, it hasn't looked at, it hasn't been too uh, hot for me. I'm trying to think of where I'm, uh, I think I'm number 10 out of 12 or something like that right now. But okay. I'm going to win this week, even okay. though I accidentally left DK Metcalf in my my roster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every week with fantasy football, though, like it's just such a gamble every week, every year between injuries and buys and situation changes and everything. And like, that's what's fun about it. Um, but, you know, this is your week and maybe you can make a make a final push. It's not too late. There you go. Well, hey, it ain't over till it's over. That's always the motto I got and everything. Exactly. Um, let's see here. So we gave some love to In Between Media. I'm just looking at my little cheat sheet here on my, my Word document. Okay, we talked about the Fantasy Football X, so I talked about all that stuff. Now let's go ahead and give you, yourself, uh, a tiny little promotion. Uh, MakingStellarThings.com. What is this? Yeah, so this was um, when I left my like very real person job a little over a year ago uh, in the nonprofit world to not have the stress of the nonprofit world and uh, left that and was like, I think I'm going to do crafting. So kind of set up the infrastructure as if I was going to do a crafting business and then um, realize that sometimes when you take a hobby that you love and try and monetize it, it becomes (laughs) less fun. So took a step back from that in the sense that I'm, you know, it's just a thing that's out there and I, I like doing crafting. Um, The big thing that I am kind of known for with making stellar things is making those football hats, Um, mostly football, uh, mostly NFL, but, you know, I've done assorted baseball and hockey, and I don't know if I've ever done basketball now that I think about it, but (laughs) college teams, you know, so um, it's really fun. Like, I just, crafting is such a fun outlet for me, and I love the challenge of translating a logo into a knit piece. So that's really fun. And then um, just trying to figure out what else to, you know, stay busy and stay enjoying the busy. <laughs> I gotcha. So the the people that are in the photos, are they the ones that like say your customers or are they like friends that you sent them to or what, what's the deal there? Yeah, pretty much. Um, any of the photos on there, if it's not me, it's probably a customer. There's a few with my family and friends, although, you know, some of my friends buy them. Um <laughs> But yeah, for the most part, it's, you know, people who got them and then were kind enough to, uh, when I went back and was like, hey, can I use your picture? Can I have this? Um, We're very kind enough to share. 
And yeah, so I sell hats as finished products. And then if there happens to be any ninjas out there, I do also have an Etsy shop with patterns where I can sell any patterns outside of that. And um, that's like a just funny set up some passive income. And then every so often I'm like, oh, hey, I made I made three dollars <laughs> on something I did years ago. <laughs> Nice. Well, that's that is cool about the passive income part. What about yep. now? This is not passive because it'd be customized. If someone were to yep. want to reach out and say, "Hey, I, I like what you're doing there. Could I get you to make me one of whatever random logo insert here?" Yes, um, I do have a Detroit Lions design. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, there was a one Pride guy. I was going to ask if he was a fan or if he made it himself or what. He is a fan. Yes, <laughs> he's a big Lions fan. Walker. Um, so it was. You know, <laughs> most of them are for people who are fans. Um, yeah, I um if people do want a hat, feel free to message me on Twitter. Probably the um my main trash sandwiches is a little better. But you know, if you do making style other things, I'll probably see it at some point. But definitely like just reach out on Twitter or email or whatever and um happy to chat, happy to make a hat. It's been some time, but you know, knitting is like riding a bike. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so okay, you just kind of said where the listener can find you, but let's let's say yes. that name again because maybe that it's not like a fancy football name. Uh, at trash sandwiches. <laughs> okay, trash sandwiches. No, we got to ask you what is the re- reference there? Yeah, I really need a better story for this one. Um, the trash is my trash dog. She was like a little stray dog out in the out in the South Dakota cemeteries, wandering around until she was lured in by eating trash like cheeseburgers. Um, I shouldn't really call cheeseburgers trash because I love them, but there was also trash that she was eating and still does. Anyways, um, sandwiches. I like sandwiches. It was like some really weird long time ago inside joke that I don't really remember, but I still love sandwiches. (laughs) Maybe that's even just the joke is like, I like sandwiches and I have a trash dog. It's so hard to say, but um, the, the name does predate Twitter for whatever reason. And now I've just had it for so long. So I was like, well, I guess this is, this is me. Um, I do think it's funny every single time. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm sure some people probably are like, eh, whatever, but it makes me Yeah, giggle. but no, it's it's a recognizable, memorable moniker, we'll call it, and something that, you know, it's not just bland. Even if it's not related to anything you're doing right now or anything that you <laughs> are planning on doing in the future, it's something that you can always carry with, carry with you. Um, exactly. So that's where I asked, okay, we're going to go to that DeLorean again. We are going to go into the future. Um, okay. Earlier, we kind of gave... We already gave like a world beater example to the NFL and the NCAA for what they got to do. But from a fantasy football perspective, and maybe it is the flag football one, what would you like to see or anticipate seeing in the next, we'll call it five to 20 years, um, is revolving around fantasy football? Yeah. Um, ooh. So one thing that I would really like to see with fantasy football in this like five to 20 years or whatever the time frame you gave was, this can happen way before then is... Um, I want a better source for all the stats. I want all of the stats in one place. There's too many different stats for all the different things. And I want to find all of the info. Like a great example was I was trying to find today, Dalton Kincaid's week seven, a dot um, average depth of target. And that took a lot of Googling to find. And you have to click through so many different sites, just put everything in one place. Um, Same thing, I guess, with the NFL, if I could change that, not totally fantasy, but from a football watching perspective, NFL Plus, please give us one service with all of the games and Red Zone live and replays and just everything that we want in one place. And we will pay you boatloads of money for this one-stop place. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I'm not alone in that view. Right. I think 
more broadly in the fantasy football and football sphere. Um, I would love to see it grow and become more inclusive. That's my like nice, warm, fuzzy answer. Uh, I think it's so cool going out to the expo and seeing so many more people who are not um, what you would think of as your stereotypical fantasy football analyst. We all have that picture in our mind, <laughs> you know. It's fine. Um, but, you know, seeing so many women and um, just like minorities, BIPOC, whatever, like just so many people that are not that typical fantasy football profile, it's really neat. And I think that is totally needed in this space is people coming in. And I would say this about like literally every single part of life is when we get more perspectives in, we all grow and we all like learn and are better, better people for it. But I think there are so many smart people who um, just need to be given the chance and like, you know, having, having a community that fosters that, that really like helps people grow and get into it. Because, you know, if I never got that message saying, Hey, you should try this. I never would have. So having other people to say, Hey, if you want this, like, let's, you know, figure out what to do. And that's, um, I think just trying to make this space really inclusive and welcoming and growing it in a nice way that makes us all like happy and feel good because we can be competitive in the fantasy football sphere without being competitive in the fantasy football industry, if that makes sense. Boom. You know, I was, I normally follow up. I have like one more question I ask and then let that be a drop the mic moment, but we'll leave that at that's your drop the mic moment. So there you go. Let's get a little bit more perspective and work together in this fantasy football space. But like Ariel said, that's something that kind of rings true across all walks of life. And speaking of walks of life, kind of pretty cool how Ariel got into this whole NFL thing. First, by finding fantasy football. Something I think that the league needs to continue to lean into because there's definitely a demographic out there that is playing fantasy football that got into the NFL through that fandom. Just, you know, randomly invited to a work league or whatever it might be. Not to mention the same thing we talked about before on this show, I think on this show, for sure the football history dude, Madden. I mean, how many people started playing that randomly and then ended up becoming a fan of maybe the player that they played or the team or that other kind of stuff? So either way, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode, conversation with someone that is more admin than analyst necessarily, but nonetheless is passionate and knowledgeable about fantasy football across the gamut. If you'd like to learn more about Ariel or any of our other guests, you can check out all of the episodes over at fantasyfootballorganstories.com. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice, then head over to the website for the show notes and more Fantasy Football Origin Stories. That's at fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already... We have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. 
Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.